0: back to Backbeat Conversations. On this podcast, we like to talk about all the facets of the music industry and entertainment industry and bridge the gaps between them. I'm Julianne Francis, here with my co-host, Elena Henry. Hi, guys. And this week, our guest is Fabian Harris.
1: Hello, hello. What's up? How are you? I am well. I think all things considering, I'm um, alive. And that's what's important, is that we're all alive and healthy.
2: Valid. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you give our listeners a brief introduction of yourself?
1: Um. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, Julian told you my name is Fabian Harris. Uh, I'm a senior, Drexel University student over in Philadelphia, PA. Um, music industry with a concentration in recording arts and music production. Uh, so going through the the ring with that right now and uh yeah just like trying to find some footing in the industry before uh life kind of hits me in the face
0: as we all are i think right and i mean currently life's hitting everybody in the face but it's yeah, going to sure. hit you harder later <laughs> yeah
1: right 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 like at least I have like like backup plans right like i'm like home with parents you know like i'm, I'm not all by myself yet but right. it's coming though it's coming so best prepare
0: I that was me the other day my mom was like i talk about making dinner and i was like no i don't want to make dinner i make dinner so much and i'm the only one who goes to the grocery store and i was like i shouldn't complain i live here for free and she was like yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> true true i mean like it's, it's I don't think it's their responsibility. Like, they could have, I mean, once we turn 18, they're committing the rights to kick us the fuck out. But it would kind of be, you know, like, uh, murder almost. Not really. <laughs> but, like, a little like, bit. A little bit. Right now, especially, like, in uh, global pandemic, uh, right I'm not sure, like, how, how easy it's moving to places with global ca- pandemic going on. You know, there's just so much logistical shit going on that we're all trying to just, like, maneuver around, I feel like. So the backup time yeah. with family is nice right now.
0: Well that's good. We're we're all grateful for family members who believe in our artistic asses.
1: Right. <laughs> right. For some reason <laughs> or another.
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and so no, that- the support is overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you get into production?
1: Um I think exactly what had happened is that before Viewers probably don't know, but me and Julianne knew each other from uh, Center for Performing and Fine Arts. Uh, We went to the same high school, basically, an online school, but we also went to an art school together. Kind of a long story, kind of weird how that works out. A bunch of cyber school students who are also art students. Weird mixture right there. But uh, cool experience nonetheless. I was in uh, Dr. Roberts' piano class, and I just needed a piano to practice on at home. So I bought like an 88 key midi keyboard that I have, like sitting in my closet back there. And it came with a free trial of Ableton Live 9. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'll hook that up, see what that's about. So I just like got that pretty basic stuff because it's only eight track. They only give you like 12 different audio effects, but I really got intrigued by Ableton's warping capabilities and its ability to take just like one kind of standard audio sample whether it be vocals like a pad anything and just warp the shit out of it and make it otherworldly kind of um yeah so that really got me into it i was like wow this is kind of cool i don't mean really you know what i'm doing at all but i kind of want to learn more about this so um i think i started taking whatever like uh mr west's music production class the following year and that's when i started to- was that Oh, shoot, was that the same year? It was around that time basically is what got me into it. Yeah, I think it was that year, it was junior year I, I did it. And then the senior year I did it as well because I moved up into level. Um, but yeah, just like started learning more about music production from that class a little bit. I don't, I don't wanna say that I, not that this is a, a diss uh, towards Mr. West, but I didn't feel like I, I learned that much in the class, rather it was kind of a guideline for what I should be doing on my own research back at home. How, uh, I should be kind of self-teaching myself and also kind of just like encouraging me to do it. Not every day, but somewhat regularly, um, school going on and shit like that. So yeah, just started doing that a lot more often. Um, Started making like little beats and whatnot. And yeah, just started really liking it. And I was like, people make careers out of this, why can't I? So applied to Drexel and NYU and a few other schools. Got into a couple of those schools, but eventually chose Drexel. And uh, yeah, ever since then, I've just been in the music industry program, just like trying to keep up with the game over there, uh, so that I don't feel like I'm lacking, kind of, you know. It, which is nice because there's so many different peers of different levels and skill sets, and people who like are definitely want to make it in the industry. And it's encouraging, and it's also like scary because I'm like, I need to like get up to their level. Um, but more so encouraging, though, I think. So, yeah, I'm just, like, on the grind constantly, I like to say. I like to think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I finally deleted MixCraft off of my computer. Really? really? Yeah.
1: Oh, man, yeah, I said, fuck that shit as soon as it I was says, at the class. I don't ever downloaded it on my own computer. I hated MixCraft. I mean, it's a tool. It's a tool, and I shouldn't hate it. It is. Uh, yeah, I mean,
0: but- it was... It was was free, free. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can't can't be mad about it, you know. But, uh, uh, I I didn't, I never made a mixed craft banger before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny opening up like the synth sounds, like they did have like a moog simulator and whatnot. And
1: I didn't even get that far into it. That's cool because I would
0: just like, I didn't know what I was doing because you know, to explain further, this music production class we were in high school. And it was kind of just like, here's a computer with Mixcraft on it, yeah. Do, st- yeah. do stuff. <laughs> and we learned about like a couple different types of microphones and like Some compression,
1: to... he EQing, and whatnot briefly. Yeah,
0: yeah. And he would try to help us with like the key commands and whatnot, but for the okay. most part, it was like do stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, the c- the school computers were like really trashy, so I was like. Mr. West, what if I put Mixcraft on my own laptop? And he was like, "Well, you need the school code." And I was like, "Can I? Have
1: can I have it?"
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there was no issue with that. I would assume good. Good. No, good. I
0: mean, <laughs> nobody said anything. I was like, okay, right, right. Yeah, I finally got rid of it. It's like goodbye, Mixcraft.
1: What are you using right now? Pro Tools.
0: Yeah, for the podcasts, I actually use Audacity because um, I know Audacity is also like free and weird and poopies. But mm-hmm. I mean, Audacity is not that bad. I, our no, One of our editors, Caitlin, she was like working solely off of Audacity for like a long time. And I was like, literally how? I look at Audacity's user interface and I, I don't know what anything is except the record button because it's so weird looking. But anyway,
1: mm-hmm. when I
0: open Pro Tools and Zoom at the same time, Pro Tools kind of takes over for whatever reason, and I can't hear anything on Zoom.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. And it was doing that on Grant's computer too, but he used, like, he downloaded FL Studios just to get the driver. So then he would use that audio driver on Pro Tools, and it would, it fixed Uh, the problem.
1: You guys use Windows computers? Yeah. That's probably part of the issue. Because exactly. That's what, that's part of the reason why, like, I eventually, from like Windows to Mac again, just cause like Windows is it's a weird like a, like their ACO driver isn't compatible with some shit. And you have to buy like you have to get the ACO for all download off of the internet to be able to do a lot of like music production, like audio, uh, whatever it is. Um, not audio yeah. engineering, the audio engine itself in the computer. It's just a lot of weird yeah. stuff. And MacBook just has like the core audio built in, it. it's just like I haven't had an audio issue since I got gotten this. With every Windows laptop I've had, I've had constant. Audio issues when it's like this is a fucking pain in the ass, dude. Um,
0: Yeah, that's not
1: that one of the bad, but it's just like you have to know what you're doing with it. And I was like, "Uh, I'm not the most person.
0: Yeah, the FL Studios thing didn't even work on my laptop, so I just can't use Pro Tools if Zoom is open. Oh rip. Yeah, it's it's kind of strange. That's the only issue I've had. Pro Tools runs fine on my computer otherwise, but like when we had music production class go online, I would have to open it. On my computer like open the zoom call so i could see everybody and open pro tools but right. i would have to do like i would have to like call in like a phone call to zoom
1: yeah so you could actually hear the zoom call
0: yeah, yeah. it was it was a trip yeah, so. <laughs> maybe one day i'll get a mac maybe that's the next laptop we'll see i don't know yeah i spent my
1: cares act checked <laughs> my mac basically i just took uh. my the, and i was like yep this is going towards this is this, I mean, it's a tool, like I like it's for work and you know? I've been productive on it more so than I have been in a while, I feel like because of the pandemic and also because yeah. I have a like, computer, it just sucks, they're so fucking expensive.
2: They're so expensive. That's I, the
1: I, M1 chip though, the M1 chip laptops, and they're okay. cheaper to some of them, like you could get a MacBook Air that will run maybe as well as a lot of Windows computers and it's like $899, somebody told me, like what? and then there are like better ones too still with the m1 chip but it's not as much money i haven't done enough research on it so i'm probably talking on my ass but into mm-hmm. those guys though because if you're going to go with the mac anytime soon the m1 chip is kind of the future of mac processing so i've been kind of hinted at so i would look into that
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i'll look into that too because that's part of the reason i got i have a lenovo and it's a refurbished lenovo and because like but like it's fine Okay, like, it's okay. literally fine. But
1: it's I had still- that Lenovo before, and it was awful, but it was an, it was like a $200 one from Best Buy. Oh, okay. My died for a brief time. I was like, I need something to pull me over while I get this right. fixed. So it wasn't the best choice in terms of choice of Lenovo, I'm sure. But still, like, I just have ever since then been like, yeah. But I I'm have- sure it was amazing, though.
0: I got one that literally it, has the same, it had the same stats as, like, the nice Mac. Like, we looked up, like, what do you need to, like, run Pro Tools?
1: Okay. Like
0: that's what we looked up. So we got a Lenovo that had all that shit. Exactly. The only thing that's going wrong is the touchscreen don't work no more. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's not
1: necessary, though. That's like, not.
0: That's, it's fine. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But, but I'm like, Lenovo's last, like, if you have a decent one, they last so goddamn long. Ooh. Okay, um, cool that I'm like, I don't know at what point I will justify getting a different laptop.
1: <laughs> right. Right.
0: But yeah. Cool.
1: Oh, okay. So Lenovo's aren't as shit as I thought they were mm. more, you know,
0: now they're more corporate though. They're more corporate. I see the industry sense. standard is definitely like Mac plus pro tools. So yeah. from what I've been told from music,
2: So, what's your favorite thing about production?
1: Um, Shit. It's very general. So, there's, like, so much shit that goes into production, I feel like. So, I'm just trying to find, like, one set of things. I think, I'm trying to think about a process. I think my favorite part of it is when I feel that the basic elements are starting to come together and I'm, like, I've got the chords down. I've got a basic melody down. I've got the beat down. I got the structure. Now I can start actually gluing all these elements together with effects and with a little bit of mixing and making it actually all kind of sound like it's within the same frame. Um, So, yeah, being able to get to that step in the process of production is what I love, I think, because that's when I start to feel creative. Um, Before that, it starts to feel like work, you know, because I'm like, not that music, like making music isn't fun in and of itself, but I'm still kind of like, you know, trying to better myself compositionally wise, music theory wise, I'm not the most comfortable with it, not the most with anything in the process of music production. But those things I think I stress out the most about because I'm like, if those elements are fucking whack, then the whole thing is going to be whack. So that's always a stressful part. But once I get that figured out, yeah. the yeah. compression glue compressors, this shit like that. Uh, that's when I start to get turned on, I guess. Yeah. Um, reverb's amazing. Uh, yeah. Reverb's fucking amazing. And I need to learn more about it. But um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's it, though.
2: I think a lot of people would identify with that. Because I know, like, writing music is, like, it's fun and I like it. But when all when the song comes together and you can, like, rock out, Right. That's the fun part. Because right. it's all fun, but you hit a point where it feels less like, okay, I have to remember that this comes in on beat four and all this stuff. And you're yep. just like, damn, we created this. It exists now.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's Because it's, that's like the work, I think. And then after that, I mean, like it's still work, like in the effects and like, like the mixing and whatnot. But like once you actually have the foundation set, then you're, it's like you're decorating your house, you know? Something like that, maybe. I don't know.
2: Like, you have to clean the house before Christmas, and then you can put the decorations up. Exactly. I don't know if your parents can <laughs> do that. My mom likes to clean the house first, and then we get to decorate. <laughs> Makes
0: sense. Makes sense. Uh, so, when we have, like, people who are, are either in college or went to college, we like to ask them, like, why did you go here? Why did you pick this degree? So, why did you, why'd you pick Drexel, and why did you pick that specific degree?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the choice was between Drexel and NYU for me. Um, I knew that I wanted to do music production. I wasn't sure how best to do it, kind of. Um, but I felt that higher education would be a nice nice chance, you know, to get into that realm. Uh, so I've decided to, you know, at least apply and see like what the costs are gonna be, uh, crunch numbers and shit like that. So. Um, I got like decent scholarships for both of them, but NYU would also have to actually live in New York, which is fucking expensive as hell. And I wasn't trying to come out with like $50,000 in debt and go straight into the music industry and not really know if I could make it, um, right off the bat, you know? So I chose Drexel instead because they offered me probably like the same amount of money, but I wouldn't have to live on campus. I would just be taking the train, driving there or whatever to get to classes, um, when I was applying, they asked for like portfolios and just like, kind of like, I think that they were kind of just like trying to grab like a net, because like the, the music industry program it, it is split between recording arts and music production majors, like myself, um, and then the business kids, um, the music business. So they tried to throw like a wide net kind of to get like a nice variety of people i feel like in that process um i think they did they did a fine job of it um once i got to the school and like did the orientation and whatnot um i'm getting a little sidetracked here uh i i think that i was i was intrigued by how kind of honesty seemed to be about how drexel was going to work with us and how like the music industry was going to work for us um, at the orientation, they were basically like, you guys are kind of like lone wolfing this shit in a certain extent. Um, Drexel has their co op program, which they uh, help students to find internships or whatever while they're not in classes, helps to build up the resume. It um, counts towards credit towards the college. And then a lot of people, once they graduate from Drexel, they'll go right into their co op, back to their co op and start working. Um, makes sense for a lot of like the healthcare majors, a lot of the business majors, a lot of like the uh, law law majors, whatever that would be. Um, for us, they were like, "You guys are gonna have to find the internship shifts by yourself. Uh, you're not gonna get paid. Most of the internships that people get at Drexel, they get paid. We're not gonna get fucking paid jack shit for this stuff for the most part." Um, but I think I I appreciate the honesty. Like they didn't try to bullshit us, and I was like, all right, I can I can get behind that. You know, like I think that they just appreciate a hard work ethic, a strong work ethic, whatever. And I was like, that's something I try to embody at least. So I was like, let me let me see how this goes. So that's what intrigued me about the school. That's what kind of ruled me in. Um, campus life, I was like, whatever about because I'm not living there anyway. Um, they have some actually nice ass studios though too, and that's what it was like. I was like, fuck yeah, I need to like actually be in these spaces to, to start learning. So I'm not like looking like a lost puppy if I ever find myself into a studio like one of these. Um they have like what is it, like seven studios, eight studios. Uh ranging definitely in quality. Um they have one that's basically like two closet spaces. Um still works, still works. Uh they have like a couple of genlux in there and then Avitone, um for mono mixing, and then like a another room where you can like see into the control room, the live room, vocal booth, whatever. And you can actually record yourself in there. They have a separate computer in there, so you can actually record your own vocals instead of having to have an engineer with you. So that's one studio. But then they also have like a 1.5 million studio that they built the year before I got there, and I was like with like a 40 channel. Uh, what is it? Like some oh, what's the name of the console? Ne- uh, Neve console i can't think what it is so
2: there's like there's like a set of studios like you have to like go into like an office building and like go into the basement what's that like you know what i'm talking about like i did a camp at drexel mm-hmm. where like you have to like walk down this like long hallway and you're like yep. what the hell That's am what... i doing down here yeah, <laughs> and yeah you yeah. walk into like the most beautiful studios you've ever seen in your whole
1: uh, life no no they're they're amazing those those two students in there studio one is great um and studio f is fucking amazing mixing room the fucking bass in there is crazy like the, the room just fills up with sound but there are like i don't know enough about acoustics to not seem like i'm talking about my ass but just the way that it seems to be structurally and acoustically designed seems to be great before just like really honing in on your mix and being able to do a lot of great reference mixing as well um as long as you don't go deaf in there if you're smart about that but um and they also have like the midi labs down there where they have like maybe, like, 50-some, like, IMAX with Ableton and Pro Tools and Logic installed on there and all with their own MIDI keyboards. That's where a lot of our music production classes take place at. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely like the, the facilities, too, you know. It was just kind of a pain to try to get into them sometimes, you know, but that's a whole other story.
0: Yeah, I can't, I can't resist telling this story because you started talking about acoustics, and I just – it's um it's frustrating but at this point it's funny. So I'll will t- tell you. Right, we have on. one studio. We have one recording studio, which is fine. Like I knew that going it in is, and I was like Is it though? <laughs> I mean, like okay, that's well. <laughs> how
1: big is your class?
0: Um well, depends. Well, okay. So here's how they do it. Instead of having multiple studios, they were like, what if we just have one? And you need your ID to get in. You like swipe your ID, so you basically just need special permission to use the studio. Mm-hmm. So I've had I've had studio access since my second semester of freshman year. Okay. And when you have studio access, you can book the studio at any time. The studio manager will give you the link to like the calendar app thing that he uses for you to book it. Oh, yeah, anytime,
1: twenty four seven. You can get in there. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: So you just because even if they lock the doors of Wolf Hall music students like your card will always open the door. Nice. Cool. 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 Um. So you just like I've never had a huge issue because of the way that they do it about getting in because mm-hmm. you you either have to be on the executive board for um the record label which is what I did in freshman year or you have to just be nice to the studio manager and prove to him that you care about being a musician and you need to be in there and you won't break things, which is also what I did. So we don't have issues getting in there. I other people do. Like when they have to do class projects and they're like a freshman taking intro to music technology, they're like, can you let me into the studio so I can do my project? And I'm like, no, because then I have to sit in there with you because you don't have access. And I, yeah. that sounds like an asshole thing to say, but, like...
1: Also, you can do your project in your fucking dorm room for all I care. Uh,
0: yeah, like, I'm sorry, but... Oh, God, I'm yeah. sorry, now but I have homework. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But speaking of acoustics, uh, for whatever reason, the school is, like, there has to be a phone in every room. There, has to, there ha- must oh. be a phone in every room. Um, so they I'm built, sure. for, like, a million dollars, this studio... That's completely soundproofed, and it was so soundproofed that it's right next to the room where they practice. They do like orchestra and jazz band usually. Now they don't because COVID. But... That's crazy. So it was right. It's right next to that room, and it's so soundproof you you couldn't hear if somebody was playing drums in the live room. You you couldn't hear, and if somebody was right. doing orchestra, you couldn't hear it. Well, guess what they did? They came in and they drilled a hole through the wall to put in a phone yeah. without telling anyone in the music department. They were like, phone, and now, now it bleeds. Now it bleeds. <laughs>
1: yeah. Because uh, now it's not soundproof like, anymore. The, the, is a phone drilled inside the live room? or?
2: Yeah. Well, no, it's not. So they put a phone somewhere else, but they came and installed a, a jack they didn't tell anybody about, that we uh-huh. don't need, and they put that in the wall of the studio, and then Dan got there and was like, what the fuck is this? why can't i hear stuff yeah
1: (laughs) like how i don't understand how how they could fuck that up (laughs) that seems like a lack of communication no dan
2: caught them when they came down to put the phone up he was like i don't give a shit go talk to your superior officer and tell them i don't like tell them they can't put that down here like we're not you can't you can't do that you can't drill see yeah
0: that's what they didn't remove
1: the phone these they kept it in there they said fuck the industry
0: they there's a phone there's a phone like in the there's like a you open the door and then it's basically oh. a hallway and there's a door to the live room and a door to the control room so there's a phone in that like weird hallway but there's she's right there's a jack in the live room so yeah. if somebody's playing drums you can hear it in like orchestra class
1: It's awful that's <laughs> this <is> awful
0: <laughs> we were like I
2: literally lost my mind when the studio manager told us that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me?
1: (laughs) One studio that you guys have.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't mean to complain because it served us well, you know? Like, we we go in there all the time and fuck off and make good music with each other. But, like, (laughs) are you fucking kidding me?
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, that shouldn't have happened. I don't understand, but...
0: I know. I just You said that, and I was like, I have to tell this story because I don't think I've told no, 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 it on the you. podcast yet.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm the first one to hear then on the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so as Julianne said in our intro, um, on this podcast, we'd like to point out how all the parts of the industry connect. Um, how important is knowing how to communicate as a producer?
1: Um, I think it's of oh, the outposts. Oh, importance. Um, I feel like if you're not able to communicate your ideas um, thoroughly with other music creators, then you're kind of fucked because music is a very collaborative effort in many cases, at least in the music industry. You can make music by yourself for sure, but to be able to make money and a business out of this, shit. I feel like it's very collaborative. So your ability to be able to communicate with people of all different understandings of music, because I mean, you're going to come across rappers when I'm come across violinists and shit like that, just like a whole plethora of people who have different backgrounds in music, who can play by ear, who can only sight read or whatever, you know, like, I think that your ability as a as music producer to be able to communicate with those people thoroughly. And to understand their ideas and to have them understand your ideas is at the utmost point if you actually want to produce music, pr- produce something, you know, make something um, out of nothing almost. So uh, yeah, I, I need more practice in that, of course, I need more practice in everything, most definitely. But um, yeah, just uh, it's weird, like I said, like, because not everybody speaks the same language in terms of music. And I mean, Western music isn't the only music that there, there is either. But our language of music is very close-minded and there are very, like, there are different quarter tones and whatnot that take place in other uh, heritage, uh, not heritage, uh, nations and shit like that, you know, but at least for Western music, just knowing how to communicate with people of different styles and whatnot um, in a musical sense, yeah, it's, it's necessary, I think.
2: Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if you like, I know sometimes like the disconnect is really big. So like I'm a vocalist, I'm trying to tell the drummer what's in my head, but I'm like, "Ah, just do something and I'll like, you know, and like learning that vocabulary to talk to like, like I, I have no idea what Julianne does on the bass. I'm just like, can you do like something not that
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i like one of my uh, like an example that i could bring up is um me working with like a there's a this rapper i've been working with for a little while um her name's uh alexis and i'm not a i'm not a vocalist really like i mean like i understand vocalists to a certain extent but i'm definitely not a vocalist but i try to kind of convey like (sighs) without pressuring the artist and without telling them what to do i try to give them like hints at like maybe you should try this inflection or modulate your voice in this way um but it's definitely like it's 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 hard to to do that to tell somebody how to move their throat you know how how to operate your throat and your tongue um especially when i don't know how you should be doing it myself really i'm like i know what i want to hear but I don't know how, how to make you do it. And I want to. I, I really want to. But I, I, it's, not, it's not possible for me at this point in my career and my knowledge. Um, like like if I want somebody to kind of like, like, for instance, like I've noticed that Drake, he kind of, he doesn't, when he's rapping, he almost raps with a pitch. Um, almost like he has auto-tune on his voice sometimes, but not exactly. Like there's a cadence. To his vocal inflection i think is a better way of putting it um and trying to coach somebody into that and be like maybe you should try a delivery that's more melodic but not you singing some people won't understand that necessarily and you maybe have to draw from examples that they know of um that they're familiar with that they're like oh i've heard this before i when i'm in my car i'll be driving along and i'll be rapping along to the song and i'll be like trying to match the vocalist tone and their inflection and they're modulating whatever um so yeah just trying to figure out different methods of conveying even those slight minute details um it's kind of fucking brain racking, but it, it's cool nonetheless and it, it, it's really cool and it actually works out so there's that
2: it is i know there are times where like <laughs> julie i'm gonna sit down in front of the um computer and be like this is what i want you to sound like and like pull up a bunch of like different artists
1: yeah yeah and that can and work we'll like it's inspiration yeah. and uh everything's been done under the sun in terms of art and whatnot we're just stealing the best ideas and rehashing them and making them our own you know yeah and just keeping this industry going and the culture alive basically so
2: yeah i've often had that thought and i'm actually so glad you brought that up that like how how can i do something that's never been done before and i've kind of landed on but it's not possible.
1: <laughs> well, I think it is possible. I think it's pretty <laughs> possible because like, we're all unique individuals. We're never going to do the same thing as somebody else unless if we actually copyright somebody else's shit, not copyright, unless if we actually Eel. legitimately copy verbatim exactly what they did. Yeah. Um, and even then, you're probably not going to get the same exact results. Um, yeah, so I, think, uh, I mean, but it's-, it's
0: Nothing is it's, 100%. It's just derivative. Like, right, right.
1: But it's the case of whether or not you can make that derivative sound better. If you can, if you can enhance it in your own artistic way um, and bring something new to light. You know, that's definitely drawn inspiration from other things before. But in and of, its, in, in and of itself, is something completely new and it's unique to you and authentic. Authenticity is what I, I'm trying to strive for. I think that's that's what I want people to. Be like, that's what his music sounds like. One day, I'm not there yet, but one day <laughs> we'll get there.
0: You'll get there. Not to derail the conversation, but uh-huh. he keeps reminding me of stories. What? Speaking of showing Elena things, being like, "I want you to sound like this." One time, she made a face. She knows what I'm gonna say. One time, the opposite happens. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she. I, what did you say? You yelled like "yeah" while we were recording, or something. Oh yeah. She, it was like, like she did like a high pitch, like, yeah, because there was a part where we were like, what should she do here? Like, mm-hmm. she can scream, but not like super consistently yet. I'm just like outing Alina on the podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love you. But so we were like, what should she do here? Like, it needs it needs a moment. It needs something. And she did something. And we all started cracking up because it was just kind of funny. And I was like, oh, my God, you know what this sounds like. And she did it without having ever heard this song. There's a song called Rainbow in the Dark and the first thing he he goes when there's a lightning and it sounded exactly like that it was a- oh. <laughs> it was amazing yeah sometimes
2: yeah i get made fun of a lot but it's okay because <laughs> it's fun to laugh at yourself you know you have to laugh at yourself
1: yeah, no, no, yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, no, I, I'm definitely the one that gets shit on in the studio while like, recording oh, no. and whatnot, and I'm just like, wow, this is this is amazing, you know. <laughs> as long as it's keeping the energy up, I'll be the one that you guys shit on. That's fine. I'm I'm used to it, you know. I love it.
2: Mm. <laughs> I do shit on because like I, we have to do vocals separately, and then like I will do something really cool, and then not be able to recreate it for the life of me, and just mm-hmm. be in there for like a half an hour, like. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I did it
0: once.
1: <laughs> I know that feeling. I know yeah. it. I know it.
0: And like she does it like during rehearsal. So we're not recording. We're like You'll do that every record. time.
1: You always have to be recording. That's 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 the moral of the story right there. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I know, we should probably set up a mic
2: and like be like, I like this take better or whatever. But we just get so excited. And then we're like, oh, shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's All this recording is something I, I need to start doing myself, too. Even with, like, that's the good thing about just a sidetrack, too. That's a good with, with thing with, like, Ableton and some, compa- uh, not to go off on Ableton or whatever, but, like, the whole MIDI capture function. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Doll, other dolls probably have something like this, too. But even while you're not recording, Ableton will be tracking uh, the n- input of your MIDI instrument. Um, so if, like, you're messing around with your MIDI keyboard, I'm like, oh, shit, wait, I like that. I'm not sure what I just did. There's just, like, a little screen capture button-looking thing at the very top of Ableton. You just hit that, you know. Give you like everything you've recorded in the past however long like five minutes 30 minutes maybe you know and I'm just like that's great
0: okay well speaking of getting shit on every episode we do a segment and it's called the shut up and let me do it moment and mm-hmm. it has a little silly name but the explanation is in the industry we feel like you have you often have these moments of unexpected validation when you realize how much you've grown so here on backbeat conversations we call that our shut up and let me do it moment so can you tell us a moment that you might have had like that
1: sorry explain again we're we're just like I like i've like Like, i've made made progress kind of yeah
0: like like something something happens or you're trying to do something or you're i don't know working on a job like really anything like you Mm. have this moment of like Either internally, you can say to yourself, I got this, or you say it, you know, out loud or whatever. Right,
1: right, right. Oh, shit. I'm not sure because I'm like on my own worst critic, for sure. So, like, I'm always like, I'm constantly like, I'm not at the point that I'm, I want to be at, and maybe I never will be, and that's fine because I always want to be striving for betterness, whatever. whatever. Um, I guess, like, the most validating thing that's happened so far Probably like, um, I had a uh, music production class, uh, what was it, it was Doll 333, it was basically an Ableton class. Um, and the, uh, actually the song I sent you, Julian, that's the one that I did for that class. And okay. I, I did that over the summer and then I finished it. And my professor Ben Runyon, he was like kind of hyping me up about that. And he was like, the vocals actually sound not awful. He didn't say novel. He said that he had, he liked the vocals. I I still don't like the vocals on that track, you know, because I sound like you know fucking douchebag and shit. Like I said, I'm looking for authenticity. And that wasn't authentic, you know. But
0: mm.
1: regardless, the fact that he didn't completely shit on my vocals and that he actually complimented them in the like, terms of like you have like nice range and shit like that and like the delivery was there. Just you know, uh, that was validating for me as well as like knowing that like he fucked with the beat too and just like trying to create like a whole vibe off of it. So that gave me like a good amount of confidence. But at the same time though, I think that I didn't do enough with that confidence. Like I didn't work hard enough in that moment to really, sh- like I sh- that, that, sh- that should have been the moment in my life where I was just like, all right, fuck everything else, grinding on music for the next like three months to better myself off of that little production. But that didn't happen necessarily, you know, all good. You know, school and life shit happens. Um, but yeah, uh, just, I, I, I guess that would be it, you know? That's a nice little validating moment where like, cause like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm gonna be able to validate myself, not not legitimately. I'm always gonna be like, okay, maybe I like this. Maybe I like what I've just made, but I need to make sure that other people like it too. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to shop this to people to, to make money. I mean, I think at some point in my life, I'll be able to get to a point where I'm like, I'm making music for myself for fun, I'll make music for a friend or something, I'll send that to them, you know? And I wanna to get to that point because I'm starting to actually, I mean, I always have, but like actually love the process of making music and whatnot and trying to get good at it. Um, But 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 yeah, 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 just like s- more of the stories, I shouldn't be seeking validation from other people, but I, I, I still do and I probably always will be which is fine.
2: Sometimes you need it. I mean, in yeah, the music yeah, right. industry you need it because you work, you know, in your own little like cla- like bubble. Like mm-hmm. that you work in your bubble and and then you have to be like, okay, but does this sell outside my bubble? Like
1: Exactly. Exactly. And the more you actually experience that and the more you actually put yourself out there, I think that that'll sh- just better your own judgment of your music and your your taste and just showing you where you want to go. And not that you need to make music for the masses or whatever to satisfy people, but if that's what you want to do, if you want to make music that makes people feel good and shit like that, then um, then yeah, just like constantly trying to put yourself out there and whatnot, which is something I don't do, but I'm hoping to start doing for my senior project this year um, steadily and to like actually be bold and to be like, yeah, fuck everything else. Um, I know that what I'm doing is at least work and it's something that's output and hopefully people respect that at the very least even if they don't really fuck with the sound, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, hopefully that
1: was a nice little uh, segment of um, <laughs> let me, what was it? What was it called? Shut, shut up, up, up and my, let me there, do it. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. we, yeah, we haven't told the story of that in a while. Um, our... Our friend, she was on a panel, um, at uh, oh my gosh, what is that college called? Lebanon, yeah, yeah, they Lebanon Valley College is a, um, Um, like uh, convention. There we go, called Vale, and she was she was on a panel, and um, they asked her like, "What's your was it What's your favorite quote?"
2: I was like, "What's a quote that describes you?" I think.
0: Yes, it was what's a quote. It was once a quote that describes you? And she said, "Shut up and let me do it."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one on, on deck. That's cool. That's cool.
2: Yeah. It was <laughs> funny because like the other two guys answered these like really like very like intense quotes from like literary authors and businessmen, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Shut up and let me do it." That's the quote. Anyway. Fair, fair. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she she explained. She was like. I'm a girl in a male-dominated industry, so nobody ever thinks I can do things. <laughs>
1: right. Right, 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 no, Toy totally no. Valley, I love that.
0: Yeah.
1: Has there? Um, I feel like that's a great topic to talk about. I'm not really sure how to breach that subject necessarily. I mean, I'll just say from my experience at Drexel, there are hardly—I don't want to say hardly—but in my class, it's probably seventy-five percent males in the recording arts program and. Twenty five percent girls in in the recording part, you know, and it's kind of disheartening to a certain extent because I feel like I'm I'm not saying that it was Drexel's fault on that. Maybe it was just the way that like I'm trying to think of how to word this. Maybe it just not too many females have applied to Drexel for that purpose. And I think that in itself is kind of shitty and that females coming up in like through middle school and high school, they don't have enough models in the industry to be like, oh, this is a valid opportunity for me. I could actually make a living out of this. Just Oh it, 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 this, um, When in reality, it's mostly just men being produ- producers. Like I think there's maybe one, like 2019 or 2020, there's maybe one, female producer that was in like the top 10 of like highest grossing or like most like number one hits or something like that, or mm-hmm. top parts whatever, you know? So I don't know. It's, I'm not sure how, like what the solution to that is, um, besides for the industry itself, kind of stepping up to the plate and giving females a better chance in the industry and encouraging them more. Uh, there are definitely programs and that I don't know about cause I'm not, actively searching for them because I'm not a female in the industry. Um, I mean, but yeah, I'm not sure whose responsibility that falls on, but if I were to point blame at anybody, it would be the industry itself, um, which is controlled by money. So, you know,
2: that probably has something to do with it. I feel like it's kind of like the thing that happened with movies where like when Wonder Woman came out, they were like, (laughs) Oh, a movie with a woman can make money, and then right, they didn't right. have an excuse to not make movies without women. To mm-hmm. so, like mm-hmm. make movies without women anymore. So I think that just has to happen in the music industry.
0: For sure. I don't like, know why their shoe has to drop. Yeah, I mean, like,
1: yeah. there are like there are definitely some people who are like you know pushing the envelope. Like I know there are like you know, shit ton of female female artists and whatnot, um, and female producers too. Uh, I mean, I think that like even like Billie Eilish is like a nice example for girls because she at least she worked with her brother on production in their bedroom that shows other girls. Younger than her that they can kind of do the same thing they can do their own production in their bedroom too. they can record their vocals in their bedroom. They can make that shit happen. So hopefully they're yeah. with people like Billie Eilish and others, there's going to be a higher influx within the next generation of females who are like, you yeah, fuck all the guys I can make this shit hot too, you know, so that's my uh yeah. input on that subject right there.
2: Yeah. It's been interesting cuz at York I find it interesting like cuz the guys that we talk to are like so like a lot of the women are like get out of my way. I got this. I'm doing this. I'm going to be the fucking C- CEO. Get out of my way. And like all the guys are like, well, I just I like to rap and I play music and I I just love like and it's just interesting cuz it's I don't feel like it's like that in other majors. Mm-hmm. Where like the women are like shut up, get out of my way, I'm going to do this. And then the guys are like, okay.
1: You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because I've definitely seen that in the business side of things, uh, the Drexel, that's the attitude that a lot of the girls put on where they're like doing their own thing and they're like, yeah, fuck everything else. I'm just like putting in hard work and I'm trying to actually make money with this shit, you know, and help other people make money with this shit too. So I r- highly respect that. I just wish that it was more prominent on the recording end as well because I think that, that would be... Yeah better motivation for myself, you know, mm-hmm. to be like, wow, they're killing it. I need to be killing it too. So, yeah. um, also what is the, um, what's like the, uh, the genre like ratio that people are like producing at New York is it mostly rock?
0: It's That's a great question. So our degree is similar to yours, but it's a right. little bit different. They don't have, um, so Elena and I are music industry and recording technology majors yep. and that major you have to perform and take lessons. So you have to be in ensembles and take a lesson um, mm-hmm. on your primary and on your secondary and take piano lessons. So you have to like, it's basically a lot of being a performance major. It's like half of their degree. Cause you take like oral skills and you know, music theory and whatnot. And yeah. then the other half of it is you take the music production classes And you take some business classes like entrepreneurship and management and da-da-da. So it's like a big big old blend. So we get a lot of people who are interested in rock music because the guy that they've had being the studio manager for a little bit now, and and he took the degree and everything, so he's an alum, is a rock guy. So you do get a decent amount of that. And because they have a rock band and because this degree is like – like, rock music is very industry-based. It Rock music is very much, like, a business at this point. Like, like running a band is like running a business in the rock world. So it attracts a lot of that. And we do get... Um, we have, like, some people who are, like, I produce and, like, I make beats. And we have people who, who rap and are getting into that, too. Mm-hmm. But more of those people, I would say have been taking this degree called Music Production and Entrepreneurship because that's a little closer to what your degree is in that they take production classes and then they also take business classes and they do not have to be in an ensemble, take a lesson, or even play an instrument or sing.
1: Yeah, yeah, because so I did it's... do, um. it has to do like a, a piano one class. <laughs> i was like great i can play hot cross buns thank you thank you for that. um yeah uh and that was about like it, for, like the requirements of like performance-based shit. like we did at your training course we took like two or three music classes music arranging and shit like that so like music writing intensive stuff but not really like performing wise i still did um the university like chorus thing on my own time for a while i did like the select course just to get a scholarship for jazz and i did it for fucking chamber singers too god was mistake um i mean like tasha money was fine you know but i feel like i could have definitely been more productive with like actually doing music shit that i wanted to do but it was still good to have that experience of performing on stage again to keep doing that throughout college even if it was just for, like an elderly home you know and performing like old jazz tunes you know over stock piano backing tracks you know but it was still something and it was still music you know so it wasn't really yeah. complaining
0: yeah. Yeah, degrees are, music degrees are really, there's a lot out there. There's a lot, they're like all, they're all so niche. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah.
0: None of them are the same.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, yours, um, is yours a BS? Bachelor of Science? Yes. yes. Okay, okay, same, same, same.
2: That's why I tell my STEM major roommates when they start making fun of me, I'm like, listen, I'm going to have a Bachelor of Science, so shut the fuck up. Mark. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you guys also take a, a minor, like are you forced to take a minor or anything like that? No. Are either of you taking a minor or just doing this? No, yeah. no, just
0: okay. this.
1: Because that's the thing with Drexel too, is that they they f- basically, with the degree, they force you to take a minor in business administration as well. So I took- Oh,
0: okay. They,
1: oh. Uh, they wanted us to send us off with something else to back us up, which I respect that. At the same time, I was like, why the fuck am I taking the business law class? Why am I taking a macroeconomic class? But this world knowledge. It helps me communicate with people at like Whole Foods or something like that, more about like, just like general like practices, even if I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about, it makes me seem more knowledgeable. You know, and that's what they, that all, that's another thing they told me at orientations. that they're like, the reason why you're here isn't just to learn music stuff. So we want you to come up with like world knowledge to be able to talk to all kinds of people because you're going to have to be able to communicate with people. Again, not even just in a musical sense, but connect with people on a more social uh, level as well, and to see their perspective. Um, and in the end, that's just going to help make, I think, better music. Because if you understand each other on a more personal level, you would definitely understand each other on a musical level as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, York doesn't make you take a minor, but it's but a they liberal do the arts. constellation thing, though. Yes, you so we're. Go... Yeah. What? So you have
2: to take four classes that are three three classes that are not within your discipline. So like I'm taking like a film class, something about.
1: Wait, wait, what?
2: Yeah. So you have to take four classes. uh...
0: It's four classes that like have, like basically, not really anything to do with your major, and they have to be three different disciplines. So what usually happens,
1: but only four classes total. So like every other class you've had has been music based.
0: It's part of the major. It's not, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily music based because like entrepreneurship and management and marketing and public relations are all part of our major. So they're not music classes,
2: but they have us,
0: every student at York has to do what they call a constellation. It's part Mm -hmm. of the generation next program. It's like some other thing. Oh, okay so it's kind of like having a minor it's just like extra shit that you have to do so you pick a constellation there's like media and pop culture creativity in the arts um uh social media one there's like sports or something and there's just like a list of classes and you just have to like pick some Mm -hmm. and you can use one class from your major to count towards your constellation Okay. So, like being a music major, I did media and popular culture because there's a couple of music classes in there. So, like, mm-hmm. I took history of rock and roll as part of my major, as like a music elective for my major. Right. And it's also counting towards part of my constellation. So, mm-hmm. that's
2: no,
1: it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. But, like, so every other class that you've taken, besides for those four classes, have been part of your major, like they, they, they all have something to do with music industry or whatever. Yes, seriously, what the fuck?
0: Like I've had, like,
1: <laughs> I feel like that's not been the case with Drexel. Like I had to take so many free electives, so many arts and humanities. Uh, I can't think of any other things, like whatever. I'm not going to pull up all my classes right now, but I feel like there, there's a set number of like free electives they set up us up for. Set number of arts and humanities credits, um, other classes like they're self so specific, and it's like hey, it has nothing to do with the major, you know. But they still make us do it anyway. I'm um, just like, I would rather just do music shit, honestly. That's what I wanted to pay money for, it's just to do stuff that's related to my major. But I get it that they want us to have a 360 view of yeah. whatever the I fuck. Think I mean.
2: managed to avoid some of that, Julia and I, because we came in with like college credits from other places, so you managed to with... Did you? yeah yeah oh, Jesus. I, I, <laughs> I, to, I don't know I what the hell that's about had then. Had
1: three english classes and i already came in with one whole english uh class right.
2: like you take three one. english classes
1: yeah yeah Why? I,
2: to,
1: I don't know
2: <laughs> I, you can
0: read I, and write you got to drexel i know right <laughs>
2: what the fuck? exactly yeah yeah so no, i mean
0: they they make us do i lied a little bit they make us do a couple but i don't consider like there's really only like three classes that i've taken or maybe even just the one that have 0% to do with my major cuz like I said it's a liberal arts college so you need um you need like an american civilization course a global civ course and then okay. you need um critical like a critical thinking class so you can either do like math or logic or whatever not right, logic right. like the doll but like logical thinking and then you need, like, a um, social behavior one. So, like, psych or social, right?
1: Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at mine right now, too, and it seems to be, like, somewhat similar to that. Yeah. Um, like, with, that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: I just, within those classes, like, for my American civ and my global civ, I took micro and macro economics. I consider those mm-hmm. business classes, and I, so I consider them part of the music industry courses. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah okay
2: yeah.
0: depends how you look at it
1: yeah yeah i mean i guess like yeah i don't know
0: but like, yeah it sounds like of, you have to do more sure. random stuff than us
1: oh like maybe a little bit and also dress was a little bit weirder too because we have technically more classes um just because we have the three term s- scheduling thing um we have the term in the fall we have the term in the winter and we have the term in the spring so mm-hmm. technically, taking more classes, but each set of classes is shorter. So you guys probably have like 16, 18 weeks per class. I have 10 weeks per class. So they're kind of shoehorning a lot of information into those 10 weeks, you know. But it is what it is.
0: We did have like longer semesters, but now we have 10-week 10, 10 semesters because COVID.
1: You do? Really? Yeah,
0: now we do. They sent us home um, before Thanksgiving, and that was basically it. Wow. Well, Right Damn. after Thanksgiving, we took our finals, but, like, learning was over. Damn. But, but like, it was still fall and spring semester. They do – they did um winter session. Elaine is in winter session. But that's, like, even shorter. It's just the month of January.
1: Yeah. Wow. So yeah, – like That should be kind of whatever.
0: I mean, they stripped – we didn't have any breaks. So,
2: like, it was just, like, 10 weeks straight of classes. So, I don't know how you usually do it, but it, it was a lot.
1: Yeah, we'll get, like, one day off a term basically like Martin well. the King Day or President's Day
2: something like that. We got one day off and it was on election day and I had to go vote so it didn't even matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It was, um when you get used to doing it the other way and then suddenly you have to do that, it's Definitely. not fun.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. That's weird. I didn't know that you yeah. did that. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Sure. It-
2: okay. I mean, I was grateful that we got to go back and it worked out for us, but it it did feel like shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, like if I was just trying to be a producer like you, I probably wouldn't mind staying home as much. But like we, I'm in two bands, so like mm-hmm. not going back was like, yeah, not, not an option. Not, that's,
1: that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like your whole production is kind of fucked at that point if you can't meet up with the band. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm sorry.
0: Nothing <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. happening. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. Well, hey, since I'm gonna call you out, since you're eating, what's your favorite food?
1: Um, shit. Let's <laughs> go uh, uh, just go with crab legs. Yeah, crab legs. It's pretty, pretty gourmet shit, right there. You don't get it too often, you know. It's a lot of the journey with crab legs is well, a lot of the fun with crab legs is the journey itself is cracking them open. You know, like you have to work for it. So, you know, I like to work. For my
2: prizes <laughs> yeah. I used to yeah. love picking crabs. that was such a fun like activity
1: honestly, I kind of hate it like i'm not good at I'm not good at it, you know, <laughs> but i still am, I still enjoy the process because like it's like you know i do I want to enjoy the food itself I just yeah yeah, yeah. no carbss are cool are
0: cool that's funny, I like it though that's funny so what are your life goals
1: um
2: <clears throat> We're asking the big questions here.
1: <laughs> I mean, I should know this off the top. Like, I mean, I think I do my heart of first I one, like, word this right and like honestly. Um, to be able to life goal honestly to be able to provide for myself and or family doing what I love. That's ultimately life goal right there. Um, anything else other than that is supplementary. Um but it would also be nice to be rich as fuck. So I want to be rich as fuck off of music. <laughs> that would be amazing. Not sure if it will happen, but I'm gonna try to work for it though. So we'll see how that goes. I'll keep you updated. If
2: okay. next time someone asks me what life goes on, I'm gonna be like, I want to be rich as fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not that money buys happiness. But, but... money, food, a roof over your head, and weed. So like it, that's yeah. what, that's pretty much happiness to me right there. So yeah, yeah. Gee, okay. uh, Gonna be, gonna try to make that work, I guess. I I mean like other life goals, I guess, would just be like to be, uh, just like to consistently put out like good music. I wanna be at the top of my game at some point. Like maybe it'll take me until I'm like 25, maybe it'll take me until I'm 40. But I wanna be able to have a nice long run of like at least five years where people are, like wow, fives at the top of his game. Like Faves in his prime right now, he hasn't he hasn't fucking shot yet. You know, I want people to recognize me like that and I want to be like writing a history book one day and be like hey Fabian actually like you know he, he, he put in work you know and he worked with other people and he helped to achieve their visions and he achieved his own visions so um, yeah that's life right there nice mm-hmm.
2: what is your favorite album
1: The Temper Butterfly by King Shkoma
2: yes I love that answer that's Sorry.
1: second favorite probably uh, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, those are two favorites right there. Uh Pimper butterfly kind of got me through my adolescence, I think. Kind of gave me that reassurance of myself as a black man. Um everything will be all right, you know, in the end. Kind of, you know, hence the name of the track. Uh yeah. And what's going on was kind of helping me through like the fucking shitstorm that we went through with like last summer kind of, and just like all that kind of shit, you know, cause it's, it's, ah, uh, what's the word what I'm looking for. It was, it was definitely made for the times that he made it in, like, what was it? I think that album came out, I don't wanna sound like an idiot now, 79, maybe that's when the album came out, maybe a little bit earlier than that, sometime in the 70s. And that shit's still going on today and everything that he fucking says in that track. um, Myself, in my head, I'm like, this is what's going on in my fucking head right now. Um. In the current state of the world, and the current state of America, uh, yeah, yeah. So those are the two big boys right there for me.
2: Both great albums. Dude, that was mm-hmm. a pretty immediate answer. I really love, I love the conviction. Yeah.
1: Somebody else asked me that, uh, like maybe like two months ago. So like I kind of knew it in the back of my head, but I've always known that too since it came out. So you know, stick 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 to my guns, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So is there anything you want to say that we didn't touch on before we sign off here on Backbeat Conversations? Oh,
1: shit. Doing my senior project right now. Uh, What it's looking like basically is I'm going to be trying to work with a couple people from Drexel, a couple people from high school, TJ, Christian Davis, Michael Toland, maybe, hopefully, just like a couple people like that. Going to try to put out an EP end of winter, kind of. Um, like I said, just trying to put something out there, um, just for output, just so people don't working. I want to try hard for that EP, but I want that to kind of propel me into album mode as well, and to try to drop an album not too long, being like six or seven songs, mm-hmm. but consistent songs and like coherent as a project. Uh, drop that near the end of spring. That's that's what I'm looking towards doing. So uh I'm not sure. You can probably find like my Instagram or something like that. Fabiano yeah. yeah, yeah. For anybody's like listening, you want to tune into that? Check in, see how that works going. But I'm not sure when this is. When is this coming out? When is this probably? Well, I can tell I'm you. you.
0: Uh-huh. I'm also trying to look right now. Oh, we'll see who gets there first. May sixth.
1: May sixth. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're very
0: um. We try to record as little as possible when we go back to school because it's just a little, it's oddly enough, a little more difficult. We have, you know, like we were talking about a a nice studio with a nice Allen and Heath board and the Mac and all that good shit. But to have us talking at the same time and then also to try to get somebody who is not in the same room with us somehow recorded with like no echo, no feedback, like, it was like, I'm sure there's a way to do it in that room, but mm-hmm. it was so hard and this is so yeah. easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Basically, so hopefully, I think in the back of my head, like we don't, we don't have a set timeline set yet, me and the team, okay. um, but I'm thinking, like I said, EP's going to drop end of winter, maybe like February, something like that. I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to drop the album I think my, my birthday is May 1st. So that's a Saturday. So either the April 30th, day before on Friday, or just on May 1st on my birthday, not to make it all about me or whatever, but I just felt like that would be a nice, nice little goal to set my, myself. That I'm like, this will be my birthday gift to myself is the work that I put in and like, actually releasing it and finally having it off my shoulders. So right. if this is coming out May 6th, hopefully. The album's done you can check it out i'm not even sure what we fucking call it yet so i can't tell you <laughs> what it'll what will be on spotify but um yeah look up my instagram maybe you, you all have it on there uh follow and that hair is you know hit me up okay cool
0: all right yeah sweet well well thank
1: you for having me on i appreciate this course. this, is, this yeah. is pretty cool this is nice um
0: thank you for coming even though you did not sleep
1: <laughs> no no okay. I, i i slept i slept <laughs> i got some sleep um yeah, this is cool that you guys are doing this, though. I I, I think that that's, that's pretty fucking sick. I, I heard a couple of the other podcasts you guys had. I listened to part of Christians. I thought that was cool. I didn't know that he's going to be on here, too. So, uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Just keep on doing it. I mean, I guess you won't be doing it for too much longer when you graduate. Is this like, just like a school thing? Oh,
0: no, know, it's like ours. it's,
1: yeah, it's, it's ours. Sports. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we so own
0: it. <laughs>
1: you want to keep on doing it, like, like pre-religiously afterwards, then? Yeah, plan
0: nice. to. That's the idea. hope
1: yeah. I'll be able to be on again then sometime in the future. For sure. Hopefully we'll all have moved up somewhat a couple <laughs> of in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> at that point, we can like look back on this and kind of laugh at ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Our as, as we all get more famous, we'll just, we'll get all the friends back on. And like every time we'll be like, well, we should listen to part of the old episode on the podcast.
1: So, Bob, are you rich as fuck yet? Or how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully. Hopefully, I will be. In. Yeah. I won't be on the podcast again until I'm rich as fuck. So, without <laughs> me.
0: It's
1: like, no, 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 no. You can't just...
0: let yourself down. <laughs>
1: right. Well, thank uh, you, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. This. Thank you. Thank you. That.
1: You guys take care of yourselves and your families, loved ones, and uh we will reconvene sometime in the future.
0: Yes, you do.
1: Thank you. Much love to you guys. Talk to you
2: guys later. See you far. Thank you for listening to Back Conversations. we a new episode every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all streaming platforms. Thank you so much Bobby and so Harris for talking with us today. Back to the Conversations. i forget you i
0: fucking forget you. I was like a beggar at your so pizza. You forgot I want to fucking queen Ayo, hey, Spaghettos. You like what you hear? Look up Violet Fire on all in streaming platforms and it and it Instagram, life, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. This one's called Hera. I am more than just the sum of my parts.
2: Without my love, you wouldn't get that far.